Do you feel stuck on the NHS hamster wheel? Always running and never really achieving what you want to in your rehab. Always short on time and struggling to fit it all in. Join me as we discuss all things rehabilitation, personal and professional development with just a sprinkling of complexity science. Welcome to Emerging Rehab. Hello, welcome to Emerging Rehab. Um, I'm Amanda Rutter. You're with me in the car again, so I do apologise in advance for the rubbish microphone. So, I thought while I am driving um, from A to B, I would jump on and I'm all hands free before you all worry. I will jump on and record a little podcast for you. So, I wanted to talk to you about um, when you are working in the community and you go out to see somebody and the situation that you arrive in being something that is totally unforeseen. So I know that you have all been there. Um, I could tell you some wonderful stories. Um, my absolute favourite was the lady who had just had her total knee replacement and um, had fallen forwards into hyperflexion and split the whole thing open. I mean, that was that was probably that was quite dramatic. Um, not not so brilliant, you know, not really ideal. Um, but you have all been there in those situations. I mean, that was fairly easy because there's only one real thing to do. Whereas some of the situations that we find ourselves in are more challenging because of the complex and multi-dimensional nature to them. So I'm going to give you a, a little example and I'd just like you to put yourself into this scenario and just and have a think about what you might do in this situation. So we have a, an older gentleman who ha, you have a letter from um, an orthopaedic consultant requesting that... Um, you review him at home because he's listed for bilateral total knee replacements and then following that you also receive a referral from um, social services to say that he's been on the phone or his wife's been on the phone and they've been asking for more help as his mobility is is getting gradually worse and they have asked for some OT equipment to help with bed transfers and toilet transfers and they're not in receipt of any um, any care but social services are assessing and likely to put in um, a package of care um, but they haven't made those assessments yet so those are the referrals and I am a very strong believer in gathering information to be able to triage. So in order to, to, to triage, I, I, I absolutely advocate having the full story. Um, I, I can't, I have made, you know, we've all made those triage decisions where 
you have had something that has come in and it seems super, super urgent on patient, on paper, not on patient, on paper, or, or <laughs> on email, depends if you're paperless or not, and you down tools, gather a little bit of information maybe, find out a little bit about what's going on and then dash out there, possibly cancelling other people's rehabilitation in the process only to find that it is not as urgent as it seemed and that that person could have waited. Maybe not all day, maybe not all week, maybe not until, um, you know, they came up on the routine waiting list, but they could have waited and you could have continued with what you had planned for the afternoon. These ones tend to be Friday afternoon, as I find, or your Christmas Eve's, or your day before a bank holiday weekenders. For those of us that are lucky enough not to work um, community over those periods of time, that's all changing too. So, um, and I believe it should. Oh, don't tell anybody. I've just said that. Okay, but it should, absolutely should, across the whole service. Anyway, so. This gentleman, as I said, I'm a firm believer in gathering the information. So I spoke to this gentleman after we got his referral and we'd had it a a few days, spoke with his wife and her main concern and her main problem was that she hadn't a, a date for the surgery and hadn't heard from the consultants or the consultants team and was really concerned that they hadn't had any communication or information despite the fact that they they had been told verbally that they'd been listed so we solved that problem very easily spoke to bookings found out that he's due for his surgery but not until september found out a likely date for pre-operative assessment and was able to give her that information and she seemed to be very happy with that information and she explained that you know things were getting harder and he was on his feet but he had a frame and he was able to to manage all his transfers he was still managing the stairs that social services had put in carers twice a day to support with his personal care he had a catheter district nurses were supporting with the catheter and all was well so i put this gentleman down as not a urgent urgent but not a routine routine so somewhere in the middle and um I picked him up today and been out to see him and arrived in the situation where the very first um, clue um, that I had was that nobody answered the door. So always, I'm always cautious in a situation where nobody can answer the door because it either means that, well, sometimes it means that the person's on the floor, doesn't it? Um, but yeah that they're not able to answer the door either they don't have the, the the physical ability to answer the door or they don't have the mental ability or the cognitive reasoning to answer the door so I managed to find my way in via the back garden where his wife was outside and um, despite booking a pre-arranged appointment and no knowledge of anybody coming so 
that was my second clue. Um, the situation is appearing to be more, more difficult, more complex than first discussed on the phone. And this is a lesson in um, what you see is not what it looks like. Or for me, what you hear on the phone is not what it looks like. So, um, yeah, managed to um, get in and the house very, uh, more clues, more clues. So the clues being that the house was, was, was sort of, sort of, um, I don't want, I don't know how to say this without sounding very judgmental, but I'm not being judgmental. I'm just describing, um, what I found. So the house was not very well presented, but it was livable in. It wasn't the worst I've seen, but nor was it the best that I have seen. Um, two big dogs and the dogs were obviously more, they had more space than the gentleman had. Oops. Yeah, so so the dog's <laughs> well-being appeared to be more... I don't want to say important. The dogs were well looked after. They had bones and they had... Um, yeah, they had lots of toys and they had lots of um, bedding and beds and um, the gentleman less so. Let's just say that. And it sort of turns out that, that, that the gentleman himself was really not very able to answer questions with the level of information that that I needed. Um, he was able to to answer very superficial questions, but less so around anything that related to um, any, any answers that re- required greater cognitive ability to answer. He wasn't able to to reason. He wasn't able to give me in-depth information. Um, some some more clues. Um, he's in a chair. I noticed that the chair's got chair raisers on it. I noticed that the chair has a pressure cushion, but the pressure cushion is not on the top layer of the chair. It is sandwiched between the chair and the cushion of the chair. More clues. And then I noticed that this gentleman looks like he's got a massive swelling in his leg. And um, I, I... note that this is the leg that's got the catheter on and that the catheter is full to bursting within a millimeter of its life um so we had a discussion around the catheter and i mean literally the leg bag was digging into this man's leg it must have been so sore i just i don't know so we had a a conversation around you know how he manages his catheter and and he normally does it himself but since his mobility's become more difficult, he's not been doing it. And he's become more reluctant to walk and he's become more 
um, it's become a lot more tricky. And his wife is 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 struggling to manage um, to look after him. And she's struggling to manage to... Um, she really doesn't want to get involved in terms of catheter care. So um, we had to unpick this problem and work out what it was that um, we needed to do to help this gentleman. So I was able to help him to... Um, empty his catheter so that we could theoretically um, then sort of unpick some of the other problems. Um, I was slightly concerned that the catheter was going to burst. I felt it was quite a pressing need. But there was a more of a problem that, that um, became apparent while I was um, while I was sorting this problem out, which was that he um, is unable to get in and out of the chair. So we have, a, we have a gentleman who is um, living in a two-storey house, really uh, painful knees, um, knees that sound like they need a good WD-40 and um, the kind of knees that sound absolutely horrific when you stand up or sit down. Um, he was just stuck in the chair and... And I'm wondering here what, you know, sort of, is this, is this normal? Um, so I went and I had a look through the carer's notes and I had a look through the district nursing notes and I can see that people have been seeing this gentleman and they've been helping him with transfers and in and out of bed and doing the stairs with him. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my word, I don't, I, the stairs, I just... I, I can't even think that this gentleman's going to manage the stairs. He can't get out of a chair. So, managed to get him up. There's no indication in his medical notes, uh, in his carer's um, notes or in the district nursing notes that he's he's been stuck before. <clears throat> he did manage to get up. Um, it was very difficult. And um, then we had a little bit of trouble because actually... This man is incredibly dicey on his feet. I mean, he really is not good with his sticks. Uh, he he has standing balance, but I wouldn't say that um, he hasn't he has not got um, any form of of balance as soon as he starts to move out of that um, standing base of support. Um, he's been relying on the furniture to walk. Um, when I asked about his walking sticks, they were nowhere to be found. Um, the Zimmer frame is outside, kept outside because it's too much um, clutter for the property, um, despite the fact he's been issued with that. And um, we managed to just about get to um, the downstairs bathroom where he explained to me he's he's having a lot of difficulty because it's very thin, he can't take his walking aids in there with him, but then I don't think he's using his walking aids anyway. Um, and he can't um, really get on and off the loo. So if he needs the loo during the day, he's he gets completely stuck on the toilet. Tiny little toilet. Um, the pair of them very reluctant to do anything around 
um, putting any kind of raised toilet seat on there because his wife was very concerned about the fact that other people would have to use that toilet during the day. So the, the situation's starting to get a little bit more tricky. So then I um, called for reinforcements in terms of um, a second pair of hands because I'm thinking I've got to do some kind of stair assessment here and I just have no idea how he's going to manage this. To be fair, it was much better than I expected, um, but it was still worrying, bearing in mind that um, he does this and he does it on his own. Oh, God. Um, he does it on his own. I mean, I, I just, I really fear, I mean, he's very close to um, going off his feet in terms of the fact that he's lost the ability to sit to stand independently. Um, he can just about manage it, but he isn't initiating it. Um, he is very, you know, he's very poor core stability. He's got absolutely um, no glutes activity kicking in at all. And his quads are really, really weak. He's got very, very, um, you know, he's not got full extension in his knees and the whole of his he's just generally massively deconditioned and I mean he did do the stairs I, I didn't look at his bed transfers he has got a bed lever but by the time he got to the top of the stairs if I'd have tried the bed transfer I might have um, completely exhausted him and I, I, I didn't want to risk doing the stairs that is the one thing with the stair assessment isn't it you know uh, our the people that we go out to see they very 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 rarely do a set of stairs all the way up and a set of stairs all the way back down again um they tend to do it going one way and then either have a big old rest um and do it going the other way or you know they don't tend to go up and come down um some people obviously do but um the type of people that we get these type of referrals for don't tend to do up and down in one go so it can be quite um you know that it is sometimes quite a mission for them to to do a stair assessment so anyway i've gone off track again um <clears throat> i just wanted you to think really about this scenario that we're in here and what you might do in terms of rehabilitation or who generally within the community setting here needs to be contacted to support in this situation because there is quite a serious risk of, 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 of several things here. Um, the first one that I, I foresee happening very very quickly is that there is a risk here of um, carer breakdown. Um, this gentleman's wife is, is struggling to care for him. Um, she's struggling to um, to manage with him in this current um, level. And I, I just feel that there is quite a risk here that this gentleman's whole... She's the linchpin, really. If, if she wasn't there, um, he wouldn't really be managing well. So I'm just asking you to think about sort of, you know, the, the care or breakdown sort of side of things. Because that does have an impact, doesn't it, into... Um, it shouldn't, but 
really it does have an impact into our admissions and acute admissions to hospital and that horrific word that we get um, on people's admission documents acopia social admission um, neither of which exist they are all complex situations but they may not have a, a specific medical um, reason that's brought them into hospital but the majority of them have got either a, a long-term condition or multiple comorbidities um, and falls and frailty that really impact their daily lives. So they do take people into hospital and so I feel really feel that there's that one element here for this gentleman is something really important that, that needs to be considered. The other thing um, that needs to be considered is the fact that I think that this gentleman, I mean, he's really, I, I just said before, he's really close to going off his legs. Um, he's not initiating activity and he's not really understanding or aware of the problems that are being caused by the fact that he is choosing to stay in the chair all day. So, from a physical perspective, you know, I'm, I'm quite worried that the consultants will just choose not to um, to do the total knee replacements for this gentleman. I, I'm not sure that he's he's going to be a fit enough candidate, given that his surgery isn't due to take place until September. That's another what are we mid May. Another, another four months time potentially for this gentleman to deteriorate um, the stairs is a massive risk huge risk um, he's already had a number of falls um, it's a huge risk I am hugely worried about it especially as he's doing them by himself and the, the bits the two bits there that go together that, I'm, that make this an even greater risk um and why I really need to involve other people um, as soon as possible in terms of this gentleman's um, follow-up is because the main problem for me is that the lack of understanding about the risks I don't believe that this gentleman has um, is, is making unwise decisions I don't think that's the case at all I think that what is happening here a little bit is that we have an undiagnosed um, cognitive problem, an impairment, um, either a, you know of some description which has not been yet picked up and diagnosed. And that is a problem that is driving a lot of these other problems because his wife is still thinking that he should be able to remember to go and empty his catheter bag and, and remember to um, use his sticks and she doesn't see um, she, she denied that he has many memory problems but even within the short space of time that I was there um, he wasn't able to recall information or to 
uh, retain information that I was giving him. And, and from a mental capacity perspective, um, obviously we have to assume capacity in all cases until there's a cause not to, um, until there's something that, that you know is really giving us that sort of intuitive feeling that there is a problem with, with capacity. But for this gentleman, there is definitely a, an underlying issue uh, with cognitive function and decline in his cognitive function, which is driving a lot of these things forwards. And, and I feel that until we get some of these things sorted, um, there is a real risk. So, um, I ask you, I'm just throwing it out there. What would you do next? Who would you contact? Um, who do you think should be round the table for this gentleman and involved in his care? Who, what would you do in the first instance? I mean, I'm quite lucky in this situation that we've already got a number of professionals involved. But if we take that away, and if we imagine that this is, you've had a, a referral from the orthopaedic consultant for somebody um, to improve their, their lower limb strength pre-operatively before they have their operation and this is the situation you find yourself in, who would you want around the table? Who is help? Who needs to be involved in this situation? So I'm going to leave that there for now and next episode we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the possibilities and the solutions and the the different ways that we could take this forwards and um, who we think might be the best people to help us with this. So thank you very much for listening, give you a bit of food for thought and um, if you're getting value from this please feel free to let me know at Advancing Physio on Twitter or at Emerging Rehab on Instagram, uh, please feel free to leave us a review or to share the podcast with your other physio or rehabilitation colleagues. Thank you ever so much for listening and um, I hope you have some, <laughs> some thoughts around um, the case study that we're going through. Um, do feel free, again, to let me know if you don't agree with things that I'm saying. Um, I'm very happy to discuss it. So anyway, I will look forward to catching up with you about the follow-up for this gentleman on the next episode. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed listening today, then please pop over to Instagram and find us at Emerging Rehab and let us know. We would be delighted to hear from you and we will see you again soon. Bye-bye.